It's the Basketball Hall of Fame's Legends Podcast. I'm Kyle Belanger. And joining me today is the inimitable Coach Leon Barmore. He's a 2003 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinee. Won the NCAA Women's Basketball title in 1988, has 13 conference titles, 12 conference tournament titles, and is best known for his 35 years at the helm with Louisiana Tech and the Lady Texters. Coach Barmore, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Well, Kyle, I appreciate very much you asking me, so I'm happy to be with you. Now, Coach, your teams at La Tech set the mark for domination in the early years of major college women's hoop. 20 straight NCAA appearances, nine Final Fours, eight Final Fours in a row, five national title games, and and one national championship. But before we get into sort of the intricacies of of coaching in those, you know, throughout the generations, I was wondering what, what it is that you guys were doing so differently in those early years that allowed you to really dominate in, 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 the, in the early stages. What was it that y'all were doing so differently? Well, Kyle, I went to Louisiana Tech in 1978, and it was following uh, Delta State had won three straight national championships in 74, 5, 6, in that era. And then in the early 80s and all through the 80s, we were, along with Tennessee, uh, USC, Cheryl Miller, we were, that was three, and Old Dominion was the four pretty dominant team, but Louisiana Tech really dominated the 80s, and we were named the team of the decade. And then I can tell you that it was a great thing going on here in Ruston. We filled the gym up, and uh, I'm not sure the year, but we led the nation in attendance with 5,400 people, and our gym seated only 5,000. And we just packed them in. They'd line up for hours, and it was a sight to be seen in this small town. And uh, then we got recognition nationwide, and I think the thing that kind of set us apart, and I think if Pat Summit was with us today, she would tell you the same thing because she started doing it. We recruited some big players and had a lot of strong post people inside, and we played great man-to-man defense, and uh, that was a lot of people back then were playing zone, and we really got in there and beat up with you defensively and then really was strong inside. We had the uh, uh, Pam Kelly, who was a Wade Trophy winner two years in a row, I believe, and uh, we just we just had a st- strong inside game along with some good guards. But I would say the attendance really blossomed, and it was a thing in this area. I mean, it, it wasn't just Ruston people, the local town coming to the games. It was all the small towns within 100 miles of us that just started coming into Ruston watching them play. So. It was about as exciting as you could get in the world of women's basketball uh, from about 78, 79, 80 for about 10 or 12 years there. It was something to be seen. It really was. And, and I think so much about uh, about the, the, the woman who hired you as an assistant way back all those years ago, uh, head coach Sonia Hogg. And I think about a little bit about uh, Coach Hogg's sort of building of the culture of of strong women's college basketball players in those early post-Title IX years, which is to say, I think Coach Hogg's early decision to not be called the Lady Bulldogs and instead to go with the Lady Texters really sent a message to some of those women that you were recruiting and some of those women you were playing with that that this was a team that could get down low and throw some elbows into some kidneys and really play a hard-nosed style of ball 
that we weren't seeing in women's college basketball at the time. Can you talk about the tone around the around Coach Hogg in those early years? Well, I can't do it justice by talking with you because you'd have to almost live it to see it. But Sonia Hogg and our president, Jay Taylor, I give them so much credit for not only developing Louisiana Tech into women's basketball power, but they they influenced the entire nation because other schools got to see, and, hey, women can make an impact here and bring a lot of recognition to our university, so let's get on board with women, women's basketball, women athletics, or whatever. But Ms. Hogue... I worked with Ms. Hogue as an assistant. We won the national championship my third and fourth year there, which was 81 and 82. And I can tell you there's never been a better recruiter in the women's game than Sonia Hogue. I was so blessed to work under her and her get out there and recruit. And I would see her go into a home and talk with the mom and the daddy and the girls that we were recruiting. It was just a sight to see how well that she could recruit. And, uh, flamboyant or ever what you want to say about her she she really really put us on the map and i did a lot of the x and o's early and then when she left i can tell you i spent the next 20 years as head coach without her and i can tell you this it was a heck of a lot harder without her than it was with her i can tell you so to just tell you kyle the ms hogue was in our present they were just a kind of ahead of their time and and I will make this comment that I've made before. I really got into the women's game for three or four years at Tech, trying to get to the college men's level and coach the men. Well, our girls were so tough-minded and playing. I mean, they were shooting jump shots and running the floor and playing at a level that I just didn't think girls could play at during that time. And it. And then after we won a couple of national championships, I wasn't going to change. In fact, the president wasn't going to let me change because uh, I wanted to go with the men's team. And But I'm sure glad I stayed because I had a great career in women's basketball. And, and through the years playing Jody Conrad at Texas and Sue Gunner at Stephen F. Austin and Pat Summit at, um, at Tennessee, I mean, it just didn't get any better than that, Kyle. We're speaking with the inimitable Coach Leon Barmore, uh, and we talk about uh, Coach Hogue. Uh, we could, gosh, her impact and, and your impact in turning Little Ruston, Louisiana, into uh, into the center of the basketball universe. We we think of the superstars, the ones that we automatically think to uh, in in your in your career. T, Teresa Weatherspoon, Teaspoon, Kim Mulkey. Did you know that 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 those that those superstars, did they pop off the page right away at you? Did you know that these were the ones who we'd be talking about 20 years later? You know the names that you just mentioned, Kim Malky and Teresa Wilson, and I sure did because it didn't take you long when you walked into a gym to see that. I remember recruiting Kim Malky in Hammond, Louisiana, and the first time I ever saw her play, she was a sophomore. And when I sat down and the game started, you, you could tell that every eye was on Kim because of her ball handling skills, her charisma, her direction with her team, her leadership. And then Teresa Weatherspoon in Pineland, Texas, when I went to see her play, it didn't take but a second to tell you, hey, this girl's special because she had a strong body. She was another outstanding leader with charisma. So you mentioned two players that there was no question they were going to be and. Uh, superstars at, at any level they played. In fact, Kim won four state championships in high school and uh, came right to Tech and won two national championships with us. So Kim Malk has been a winner pretty much everywhere she's been. In- including at Baylor, right? Which is, uh, Kim is... Well, 
<laughs> she's one of those special ones. Well, Kyle, Kim, Kim is a great coach in this country right now, and I'm so proud of Kim because she paid her dues 16 years. She stayed under me at Louisiana Tech as an assistant and helped me uh, win year in and year out. And I, I tell you, she's a self-made coach. She's motivated herself and learned the game and studied it and Quite, quite a young coach. She sure is. I'm starting to realize that the great coaches, the Hall of Famers, the Leon Barmores, the Mike Krzyzewskis, it's easier for y'all to talk about the players that you've played or that, that you've coached than it is for you to talk about your own career. Is that one of the secrets of, of, of longevity and coaching is the selflessness of realizing that it isn't about you? You know, you, you said that as well as anybody I've ever heard say, Kyle, and, and that is so right on because... I'm so proud of the players I've coached and what they've gone on to do to, to, to be, but we're made up of a of a group of people where that the ones that you surround yourself with, you're either going to be successful or you're going to fail. And let me tell you, Nell Fortner was a coach under me, and she's with ESPN now, and she coached at Auburn and Purdue, and was Olympic head coach in I believe 2000. I forget the year, but uh, Christy Kerr is the head coach at Alabama. Kim's at Baylor. I could go on and on. I got so many people that worked under me that went on to become successful coaches. And and then the players that came through here that got the honors and went on and was successful in maybe another business other than coaching. But I'm telling you right now, we work very hard to surround ourselves with good people and good players and good coaches. And if you don't do that, and you know, just like Mike Krzyzewski, just look at the tree that he has built through his career and how successful all those players he coached become. Not every single one, but the majority, the majority of them from our program and from his program, everywhere you find them today, I bet you will find a very successful story. And I want to get back to co- to talk about uh, Coach Kim Mulkey now because while we let what we're talking about your 35 years at Louisiana Tech, I think one of the most interesting pieces of your career comes from 2008 to 2011 when you were Coach Mulkey's assistant at Baylor. Uh, can you give me some some sense of of how that came about and what it was like for your relationship between you and Kim to then be able to 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 assist her and to guide her and to help and, and, and to just help her in the way that maybe you helped her all those years ago. Well, Kyle, I was 56 years old when I stepped away from the women's job at Louisiana Tech. I just got, we got into the WAC conference, which was going to the West Coast and uh, going to Boise State and just got, you know, just got wore out. And I stepped away. Well, I realized after a year or so there, I stepped away too early. I missed the game. I didn't necessarily was young enough to go be a, I was offered some head coaching jobs, but I turned them down because of my age. But Kim came along and it was just the right time for me. So I went just during the season for three straight years. I got to coach Brittany Griner, who was the, you know, the great six, eight post player she had, who's now playing for Phoenix. But she gave me an opportunity just to coach the X and O part with her on the floor. I made the trips with her uh, to the games and sat on the bench and so forth. But it was perfect for me. And it gave me actually what happened. It got basketball once and for all out of my system because once I did that with her for three years, uh, and then I stepped away. I got grandkids. I play a lot of golf now. But Kim really saved me during a time when I was around. 62, 63, 64. I'm in my early 70s now. 
but I will always love Kim for doing that for me. And, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that, uh, I helped her some without question, but she also helped me by just allowing me to come and do that. Well, basketball is better when coach Leon Barmore is involved. That's for sure. So one last question, coach, before I let you go, what is it like to be working with the hall of fame at this point in your life? Well, when the Hall of Fame called me in 2003 and I got in, I'm going to tell you, I'm a country boy that just grew up loving the game, played for a guy named Scott Robertson who coached in the pros for many, many years. And I just was a person that was in that gym 24-7 and gave it everything I had. But never, never did I dream that the Naismith Hall of Fame would call me and I would be part of it. And let me tell you, it's the greatest single event other than, you know, personal marriage or a child or something like that. As far as my profession, it topped it off. He is Coach Leon Barmore. I am Kyle Belanger. Coach Barmore, thank you so much for joining us today. It was an honor and a pleasure for me, sir. Well, Kyle, I appreciate that very much. And I can tell you, I don't know what the Hall of Fame would be like without Fran. She is one great person that they have there. And I appreciate Fran getting me to do this today.